Hello, everyone, and welcome to Lifestyle of a Gay Black Boy. I'm Andrew Shepard, and as always, thank you for tuning in. I will say it forever and ever. Without you listening, this would not be possible. And I'm so happy that we are in existence on this earth because, again, without you, this would not be possible. I would like to thank everybody who showed all of their support for starting this endeavor. This is a new endeavor for me, and I have been so grateful and so happy about it. And for those of you who are returning listeners, welcome back. For those of you who are new listeners, welcome in general. Um, As always, you guys can reach out to me on the social medias and on all the social media platforms except for Vero. I am AJ Vandertunt. That's A-J-A-Y-V-A-N-D-E-R-T-U-N-T. On Vero, I'm just Andrew Shepard, just plain old Andrew Shepard. Um, you can also reach out to me by email at lifestylegbb at gmail.com. That's lifestyle, G is in George, B is in boy, B is in boy at gmail.com. Um, as always, I will keep you completely anonymous. If you would like to be kept anonymous, I'll make up a name for you, or I'll just use your real information and give you a shout out. Whichever you prefer, I will do. It's up to you. And if you want to stay anonymous, I will keep you more anonymous than James Bond, a secret agent, or whatever other thing that we cannot see. You will be so anonymous, you'll be like the air. You can't see it, but you know it's there. That was cute. That rhymed. So we're going to kind of jump in today's episode because I do have a lot of material that we're going to talk about. Um, And someone pointed out that I say we a lot and I say we a lot because you guys are still included in this conversation. Um, You know, in the future, I will have guests um, and people on the show to talk and it'll be fun. But I say we because as listeners, you are a part of this conversation. So You know, that's why I always say thank you a lot as well, because you're contributing to this. Um, So this month is Mental Health Awareness Month. And I thought with every episode that we are going to be having, why not focus on a portion of mental health or something that has to do with your health? I think it's a very beneficial thing. And if you are part of the Black community, it is still a conversation that is not held often. It still has some stigma attached to it. And it still has a lot of time to grow in the Black community. So why not continue the conversation, especially in the month of all months where it's all about mental health? So today's episode is gay, black, and well. And I thought it'd be great to talk about it because we hear the terms health and wellness a lot now in these days. And if you're like me, I was completely confused. I'm like, what is health and wellness? I have no idea. When I had first heard the term, I'm like, health and wellness isn't the same damn thing. It's got to be. Come to find out, it's not. And now that I've been learning more about it, researching it, and I mean, the first time I had heard the term health and wellness was maybe three years ago, and then going to a seminar and actually sitting and hearing what people were saying health and wellness is, it makes a huge, huge difference. So we're going to start off like with our quote of the day, and our quote of the day comes from B.B. Moore Campbell, and the quote is, Stigma is one of the main reasons people with mental health problems don't seek treatment or take their medication. 
People of color, particularly African-Americans, feel the stigma more keenly. In a race-conscious society, some don't want to be perceived as having yet another deficit. Again, that comes from B.B. Moore Campbell. Um, I would advise that you check out her book. She is an author and it, well, I'm sorry, she was an author author and journalist, and she passed away in November of 2006. She has some great things that I really think you guys should check out. Again, her name is B.B. Moore Campbell. She's great. Um, so let's talk about it. With this quote, and a lot of you who are listening, you may be able to relate that mental health is still a stigma in the African-American community. It's something that people don't talk about. I mean, if you're like me, when I first got into therapy and was learning what therapy is about and learning about it and talking about it and then presenting the conversation to people who are Black in my family and them hearing me talk about it, the first thing that I got as a response from a majority of Black people that I talked to, not in my family, but more on my friend's side, was, well, what's wrong? And I still thank those people for being here for me because they still are. But that kind of spoke to the way they viewed mental health care as something being wrong all the time. And something's not wrong with you when you're taking care of your mental health. So please don't think of it that way as something's wrong. You're just literally giving yourself a checkup. Going to a therapist and taking care of your mental health, it's almost like when you go to the doctors. I mean, if we go to the doctor and I'm not good at it, some people are, but at least once a year, you're supposed to go for a checkup at the doctor, right? If you go to the doctor to do a checkup on your body once a year, your mental state, your brain, your head, that's still a part of you. So that's something that needs care. So it's nothing to be ashamed of to say, hey, I'm going to a therapist. You know, sometimes you need, I mean, you can take your friends to therapy. You can take your relationships to therapy. You can always include other people in. I mean, there's family therapy sessions and they work wonders. They work wonders because it's not about someone just throwing some drugs at you or telling you what's wrong with your life. Sometimes you just need that objective space to talk, just talk. And I've noticed that that has helped me more than anything. So let's help lift the stigma. Let's help lift it. Um, As a part of B.B. Moore Campbell's quote was about, we do live in a race conscious society. I mean, we know we do. I mean, just look at the title of the podcast, Lifestyle of Gay Black Boy. And I'm proud to be black. I'm very happy to be a black person in this world because it's just who I am. I'm always going to be black. I'm happy with who I am because at the end of the day, me is me. And I know that there's a culture and group of people out there who I can relate to in a way that I can't relate to other people. I am happy to just be me. But unfortunately, we do live in a race conscious society and people of color, people who are black, sometimes, and I'm not even going to say sometimes, a lot of times we are getting the short end of the stick. And it's kind of how society's been set up. So a lot of people 
who are black do tend to get scared. And I, I'm speaking in generality right now by saying a lot of people, but it is something I can relate to because I've always been very serious about how I portray myself in a professional environment out in the world. Those were things that were very con- I was very conscious about and not in the most healthy way, but in also a healthy way. You know, it was a balance. Sometimes I'd be obsessed like, well, what does this person think of me? What does this person think of me? And that was my fear of revealing to people that I'm in therapy because I'm like, but what are these people going to think of me? But I mean, again, there's nothing wrong with me going to therapy. So I had to learn to let that go. And that actually became a conversation with my therapist about how to let that go. So enough about myself being in therapy on this end because we will come back to it. But it's just part of the quote that I wanted to expand on for myself so you can understand that. Yes, you may feel it's a stigma, but we can eliminate that stigma. One of the first ways to eliminate a stigma is to start talking. But let's keep going. So first, let's talk about what is health and wellness. So wellness is a state of being. It's not about not being sick or not having a disease or not injuries, but wellness is being actively aware of how the choices that you make affect your health and your life. It's also a dynamic process of change and growth where you are focusing on the inner you. When I focus on the inner Andrew who's in there, I'm focusing on my wellness. It doesn't just have to do with, oh, I've got this cough that won't go away. I'm not well. No, that's not really it. That's more of just the focus on the health side because health is more of your physical being. It's about what's going on with your body and getting your physical body to its optimal performance without there being physical problems or disease. Or even if there is a physical problem or disease, you have now learned to manage it, take care of it, or even heal it. And that's more of the physical health. So with the breakdown of the two, it is important to understand that they correlate with each other. They really do. Um, And with wellness, and that's going to be more the side that I do focus on, it encompasses a lot of different areas. A bunch. So I decided to break down those areas into a couple of different categories, and I think it would help to break them down so you're not trying to look at a whole mountain, you know? It's never easy when you're trying to look from the top down, at least for me, or if I'm trying to look at the whole, I do have to separate things and break them down into parts individually. It just makes it easier um, to, you know, it just makes it easier to understand for me. So the first section that I broke it down to is emotional wellness. So emotional wellness is about stress management. It is about how you handle what comes to you on an emotional level throughout your day-to-day life. So when it comes to stress management, you know, stress can be a very good thing in our lives because stress can promote change. Stress can help you accomplish a goal. Stress helps your hair grow. Stress helps your body get stronger. 
you know, there's physical stress and there's mental stress. Stress can be a very good thing, but then it can also become a negative, overwhelming thing if you don't know how to manage that stress. It's not easy to manage stress, but there are a lot of tactics that can help out there that can be really good. Myself, some of my biggest stressors are not having a plan for my professional life. In my personal life, I don't really have plans, you know, as far as day to day of I'm going here to do this, I'm going there to do that. At five o'clock, I have to be ready to go to brunch or something. I don't really do that. That is actually a stressor for me in my personal life to have things planned out and mapped out in an agenda. In my professional life, I need that. In my professional life, if I do not know what's going on at every minute of the day, I am completely stressed and I hate it. I hate it. Can't stand it. Don't like it at all. So I had to learn how to manage that kind of stress. So now, even if it's just something where, let's say, I'm going to look and see what events are going on or who I can promote my podcast to, I need to have a plan in place. Because if I don't have a plan in place, I'm just going to be running around like a chicken with my head cut off and upset and stressed out because I don't know what to do. In my personal life, I can't do that. In my personal life, if you hand me a schedule or agenda in my personal life, I immediately start feeling the stress. Immediately. I remember once I was on vacation and I was in Mexico and it was a actually a little cruise I was on. And on this cruise, I was with a group of friends who they like to plan out everything. They are planners and they're very good at it. And I can't fault them for planning because it works for them in their lives. So a part of the trip, they had planned out the things we were going to go do when we got off the boat in the ports, where we were going to eat for lunch, what we were going to do when we got back on the boat. There were a lot of different things that they had planned out. And I remember my one friend, she gave me the, I guess you call it itinerary, of what we were going to be doing. And now this was a 14-day trip, 14 days in Mexico. And she had a day-to-day plan for all 14 days. Now, immediately when she handed me that, my stress started to grow. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to try to tough it out. I was a lot younger at the time. I was 21. It was a great time. And I took the itinerary back to my room. So... When I took it back to my room, I started reading through it and I just saw time, bullet points, and this and that and the other. Now, in my professional life, oh my God, I use her itinerary uh, format on a day-to-day basis. I literally do. It's amazing. Um, But on that trip, it just didn't work. I remember I took the itinerary up to the adults-only deck and I was like, maybe if I read this outside in the sun with some good music and some kind of wacky drink and a coconut or something, like give me a coconut mocha loca, whatever you have, maybe that'll make it better. So I get my drink, I go sit down in one of the little cabanas on the boat, and I'm just enjoying the sunlight and the fresh air and the salt water and stuff, and it's great. So I pick up the itinerary again. 
as soon as I pick it up, I'm looking at it. My heart starts racing. I see all these words. It looks completely different than what I originally looked at, even though the document is 100% the same. Completely got stressed out. I took that and I threw it off the side of the boat. I was like, fuck this. I cannot do this itinerary. And just so happily, she was actually coming to the adults only deck at that time. So after I threw the itinerary off the side of the boat, I'm sitting in the cabana. She ends up coming over when she sees me out there and we talk. And I simply told her, I was like, I can't do this. I cannot have a schedule like that when I'm on vacation. I want to wake up at two in the afternoon and order a peanut butter jelly sandwich from room service. I want to come back to my room at four in the morning and order another peanut butter and jelly sandwich from room service. Your itinerary doesn't let me do that. So I just wasn't comfortable. But the way I managed that stress was one, getting rid of that itinerary and two, talking to her about how I felt about it. And as soon as I did that, it was great. Now, because I talked to her and helped alleviate that stress, it turned into a great tool and resource for me in my day-to-day life. That was really one of the first times I had approached somebody about something that really stressed me out. And because of that and the way she perceived it and received it and then responded, it didn't come from an angry place or a hopeful place. She was very understanding. And from then, it was like, okay, Instead of me festering and building on things, if something stresses me out, I'm coming to talk to you about it. And it really, really helped. So developing more inner resources is a great way to manage your stress. For me, it's talking to people about it. One thing that I will do is if I got an issue going on, I'm just going to come and talk to you. I'd rather just talk to you. Let's get it out the way. Boom, boom, we're done. Now, let's say the stress is caused by something that doesn't involve another person I can talk to. Then I'm going to my therapist. I'm talking to them. I'm talking to my friends. I'm going to go and talk to myself in the mirror. If I feel bold enough, I will go to somebody's random bulldog, sit right down in front of it and start talking, even if it's trying to snap off my face. (laughs) We're going to talk. Talk my face off. (laughs) So... Great movie, by the way, if you haven't seen Face Off, go check it out. Random note. Another part of wellness that I have broken down into is environmental wellness. So environmental wellness, the way I look at it, is how you affect the world around you and the impact of the world that is around you. So an example of that would be in my area where I live at. There are a lot of places that are close by to me that I can walk to. There's some great walking trails. There's great places where I can go take pictures for photography. There's a lot of restaurants and everything around that I need. There's stores. Everything I need is in the general vicinity of where I live. And I bring that up because An environmental stressor for me that could affect my wellness would be not being able to get to things on my own. I don't drive. I do like public transportation. I prefer it. Um, So for me, since I don't drive and I like public transportation, if I live further out from where I live now and I was not able to easily get to the things that I need or the places that I like, that would create an imbalance for me. I would feel stressed out by that because I can't just be sitting in my apartment and then say, oh, I want to go get a bag of chips and maybe grab a couple of blunts. Can't do that if I live out in a place where 
I can't easily get to a store. So it's, it definitely matters where you're at physically in the world for your wellness. And I remember when I lived down in Texas, in Texas, I pretty much lived in East Bumblefuck nowhere, like nowhere, little town called Colleen. It, It was the middle of nowhere for me. My apartment was in the middle of nowhere. The closest store, which was a terrible store, was maybe a 30-minute walk away, and there was no public transportation. I was unhappy a lot of the time I was there because I couldn't easily get to what I wanted to get to. And it bothered me. It caused a lot of stress, and it just was not the idea situation. So... I've had both sides there. Now, also, it's the way your environment impacts you. So, an example of it that I can give, when I first moved into my first apartment, and we talked about this before, I had roommates. And with having roommates, and it being my very first time living completely on my own, I dealt with it for the first couple of months but then it started to get very uncomfortable because I was not alone in my space there was always somebody else there and I love being alone it works for me to just well you know what? I'll say it this way I love being alone when I'm at home when I'm at home I love being alone I love being able to just walk into my apartment take off my clothes, sit down, roll a blunt, turn on some loud music, and just mellow the hell out. I could not do that having a roommate because, you know, I do have to respect their space. So maybe they don't want to hear my loud music. Maybe they don't want to smell smoke. Maybe they want to hit a blunt, but I just don't feel like sharing it. I don't have to do that living in my own space. And this is my environment that I have created for myself. Yeah, I think that sums that up. (laughs) So another part of wellness is financial wellness. Now, we talked about financial stability about two weeks ago, and I won't go too deep into it. Um, If you do want to check out the episode, it's called Gay, Black, and Financial. Go ahead and check it out. It's in the history. But with financial wellness, this has to do more with how do you manage your money and what role does money play in your life? So there's a lot of people that I've heard and hear and say it, and it's not a detriment to them, but I hear a lot that they say, I'm all about money. All I love is money. All I want is money. All I want is the bag. Money is my boyfriend. Money is my girlfriend. Money is all that I have to care about. And if that is what makes you happy and that's your point of wellness, there's nothing wrong with that. For myself, I don't look at it that way. Um, first managing my money, I've gotten a lot better with managing my money. Um, and I've gotten with financial advisors. I started going to credit counseling places, learning what credit is, how to actually save my money in an effective manner, you know, and I made sure to go out to people who are in the industry of finance. You know, it is great to talk with friends and family members. It's great to get other people's perspectives. But for myself, 
after getting the perspective of friends and families, I also wanted to go to somebody who their day to day, the thing that they do more than being at home or doing something else is financial counseling and accounting. That was very useful to me because it gave me a lot of tips and tools that I could do. And then also the way money plays a role in my life, money is there, it's good, but I've always subscribed to the philosophy of I'm going to do what I want, I'm going to have fun, and the money will come. I will wait as long as I have to, to reach my goal, but I know as long as I'm enjoying my life and doing what I know is right, the money will be there. Money will come, and I'm good. Money comes and it goes, it'll always be around. So another part of wellness that I thought about was your intellectual wellness. Um, intellectual wellness to me has a lot to do with expanding your mind, expanding your mind and mentally exercising yourself in a way that maybe you haven't in the past. So one part of expanding your mind, um, you know, if you've graduated from high school, which if you're listening to this, I hope you have graduated from high school because my advice and things is not geared towards high schoolers. And this is quite honestly not a safer work podcast at times. So, you know, don't listen to this in your high school classroom. If you are in high school, you listen. Um, but after graduating and going to college and learning more about people and things I felt my mind growing, but I didn't fill my mind in my intellectual wellness growing in a way that worked for me. So I decided to explore the world, to travel, try different jobs, try different experiences. And if it didn't kill me, I would go on to the next one and try something new because I wanted to see what the world is about and what it contains. And that helped me expand my mind. Now, I'm not telling you go quit your job and go out and start, uh, you know, jumping off stuff or, uh, you know, don't, don't say, hey, I want to expand my mind and then try to stitch your head into somebody else's head. Don't do that. I don't think that that's healthy for you. It's concerning. But, One thing, if you do want to expand your mind, that I think is a great useful tool. Now, college is not for everybody, and it really wasn't for me. Um, But one thing that I did learn about, they're called MOOCs. It's M-O-O-C. That is a massive open online course. And you can simply go to Google and Google MOOCs, M-O-O-C. And when you Google that term, it's going to bring up the massive online, I'm sorry, massive open online course. And probably one of the first search results will be a company called edX. And what a MOOC is, it is a course that is offered by an accredited college or university for free. You don't pay for this course. And it's literally courses that people who are in college and paying for college are taking. When you take this course for free, you are going to get all the lessons, the workload, the homework, the assignments, the same things that the students who have paid for this course are going to get. But you do not get a grade or certification for taking that course unless you decide to pay for it at the end. You can take the whole entire course for free. 
I am not joking. I am telling you, look it up. You can literally take the whole entire college course for free. See how you do, pass it, fail it, take it again. And if you want that certification, then you can pay for it. I bring that up though, because it helps you expand your mind. So there was one course that I signed up for and it was a cultural anthropology course. And it's probably one of my favorites one that I've done so far. So amazing, immersive and deep. It was offered by Harvard University and oh my gosh, this is a great course. All online, there was video portions, reading portions, homework. And I wanted to just do it to expand my mind and I could do it at any time. The great part about these courses that the MOOCs is you can do them right from your cell phone. You can do them from a laptop or a computer. And just to put it in perspective, if you are somebody who likes to use social media a lot, if you take the same amount of time you put on social media and do one of these MOOC courses, you'll have, oh my gosh, so much knowledge. It's crazy. You can get through one course and the same amount of time that you'd spend on Facebook on your phone in one day if you were a Facebook person. Um, And then you can also stretch them out. I will take on a course and maybe do an hour of coursework and then, excuse me, and then I'm done for the day. Or I'll, on a weekend, maybe a Saturday, I just sit in my living room, turn the TV off, turn the lights off, and turn my phone on. If there's a video, play one of the course videos and just do some of the coursework because it gives you a chance to do something that maybe you haven't done. If you are a public transit person, let's say you're on the train, you're on the bus or something, I do this on my way to work when I'm on the bus. I've got about a 45-minute commute to work every day. I will pull out my phone, sign into one of the courses, and sit there and do the coursework while I'm on the bus for my cell phone. And it's just a moment where I get to focus on my intellectual wellness and expand my mind. Then also, if you don't want to do the online portion of it, there's cultural and community places you can go to. Um, One of the things that I love to expand my intellectual wellness is going to drag shows. And it's a fun event. It's something fun that you get to do. You get to enjoy it. But I get to see a part of the gay culture that I wasn't abreast to a while ago. Also, it gives me a chance to study other drag queens who are out there and start learning how to do things better. Makeup tips, fashion tips, presentation, performance, all kinds of things that help expand my mind and are contributing to the success that I want to have in my life. So, I hope you guys check out the MOOCs. They are very good. They're very, very good. I cannot lie. They are not paying me to say this. They don't know that I'm saying this. They're fantastic. So, another part of it is occupational wellness. So, with occupational wellness... I look at it as, are you enjoying your occupation? And does your occupation provide growth for you, whether it's professional or personal growth? I always feel that it's important that when you are working a career or a job, that that job is contributing something to your life as well as you contribute something to that job. And I don't just mean the weekly paycheck or the benefits, but Is this job doing something that's going to affect you in a level or promote some kind of wellness or change in your life? 
So for myself, I used to be a very, very shy person. Wouldn't really talk much because I got made fun of of my voice all the time. Um, A lot of people would say to me, a lot of people who are black would say, you talk white. Or a lot of people who are white would say, oh, you talk so well, you're so eloquent. And I'm not going to lie to you, that I take as an insult. Because when you say that, and I haven't ever heard you say that to another person who happens to be white, it makes me feel like you're surprised that I can articulate myself in a way that you feel I shouldn't be able to. So I don't actually like that, even though some people say it's a compliment. I am not a fan of that compliment. Um, But because I was so shy and introverted, didn't really have many friends. I never really left my house. You know, and at this point, I'm of working age where I can go out and do stuff and socialize with people. But I wouldn't do it. Would not do it because I was very shy. So a way to get out of my shyness that I did not even realize that I was doing until I got older. I worked jobs like parking enforcement where I had no other choice but to be out in public and I would have to talk to people. Um, I worked for 911 as a police dispatcher and telecommunicator and that was another situation. I had to use my voice at that point because I was ashamed of my voice. I didn't know how to feel about it. I have also worked in adult education, teaching, being in front of people, speaking publicly, things that I would have never done ever back when I was in that place where I was ashamed or very nervous and shy. And those occupations helped me break out of that. They expanded who I was and I found joy in that. I found a lot of joy in that. So even though I was there contributing to their business or their uh, association, I was still getting something from it. It still helped me grow. And at the same time, I was enjoying it and having fun. I will not lie to you. You guys might hate me because I don't know if you have a history with parking enforcement. They are the most hated public entity when it comes to public safety. They really are. I mean, I have had shit thrown at me. I've had people scream at me, curse me, clean the hell out. Like, talk about me like they knew me from birth. I mean, I had one person who was like, I know when you were born, your mother was ashamed of you and she probably dropped you on your fucking head. That's why your head looks like that. And you just gotta laugh. You do. Because... Even though I got insulted 24-7, that was probably the most fun job I have ever had in my life. I loved doing parking enforcement. So it was a great thing. It was a great activity for me. Also expanded who I was and it helped me to be physically healthy because I was walking around a lot. Loved it. I remember before I started working at parking enforcement, I weighed almost 300 pounds. By the time I left the parking enforcement, I was 150 pounds. Love it. So now I bring that up because it's leading to the next portion of what I feel wellness is, and that is physical wellness, which we've already talked about, but I do want to talk about it is your homeostasis. Homeostasis is a state of balance and I have mentioned balance a couple of times because I am a Libra, guys. Balance is my life, and when I don't have balance, the world is just crazy. 
When I don't have balance, I will literally say over and over in my head, can a meteor strike the earth right now, please? Because I just am not comfortable with this. Just, you know, strike down the earth meteor in politics, end everything, because at that point, there is nothing left to balance. So that is the ultimate balance. There is nothing. Okay, let's get back on track though. But your homeostasis is very important for your physical health. When you're out of homeostasis or you're out of that balance, you will have problems with your physical health. You know, taking in a bunch of salt. I love salt. I love it a lot. It'll raise your blood pressure. Not good. Drinking a whole lot of liquor. It's going to mess up your liver and give you other complications. You know, indulgence can cause you to go out of homeostasis. It's not good. Then also a part of your physical health is what are you doing to maintain a healthy life? Now, health is not all about weight. It really isn't. Health is not all about muscles or being super skinny or, you know, tanning or having the perfect skin complexion. That's not what health is all about. Health is knowing that you have no If you have a physical ailment, you are maintaining it and making sure that you can still function throughout your everyday life. Or if you don't have any physical ailments, you're still in a state where you can function throughout your life and do it in a manner where death is not imminent for you from your physical being. If that makes sense, you know, you're not on the brink of a heart attack or on brink of a diabetic coma. You don't want that. And then also with your physical health and It's one that I think is very important, is your sex life. Your sex life is very important to your physical health and maintaining homeostasis. What are you putting in your body? I mean, what are you putting in your body? That's an important thing when it comes to sex. I mean, most sex involves some kind of penetration, some way, shape, or form, whether it's your mouth, whether it's your, you know, your good china, your ear, your, your... what is that thing? Your stoma in your throat. You know, if you get a voice box, but you have a little hole in your throat. Some people insert some stuff in there. I think that's called a dirty BJ, but who knows? <laughs> anyway, it is important to know what you're putting in your body and how it's going to affect you. When you do have sex with somebody and you take in their energy from the sex, that's going to affect your physical health. That's going to affect your homeostasis. It's also going to affect your mental health. Because if somebody's coming over to have sex with you and maybe they're doing it because they need to get out anger and aggression, you may pick up that same anger and aggression. Sex is a very open experience. You are physically open. And it's your receptor for whatever this person is going to put inside of you or whatever you're going to put inside of that person. So it is very important to be mindful of those things. Just like how they say you are who you eat. Well, in a way, you are who you fuck because that person's leaving some kind of imprint in you or on you and you're doing the same to them. So it is very important to be mindful of what you're taking in. And... You know, I'll just leave it there. So another part of wellness that I broke down was social wellness. What are your social roles? What is making you comfortable? 
How are your peer-to-peer interactions? How are your friend-to-friend interactions? How are your relationship and intimate interactions going? You know, being social is a part of the human experience. And it's not the easiest thing, especially if you're somebody who's introverted. But your social life does matter. I mean, are you spending too much time on social media? You know, one thing that is important to know is what are you viewing every day socially or what are the social conversations and contacts that you find yourself in and are they contributing to your life in a good way? Now, you know, social media, it's a huge factor in our life, but it can be very detrimental. I heard a quote today and I'm just going to paraphrase it because I didn't have it word for word, but it was Bob the drag queen who said it. And he said that he heard Judy Garland say the quote. And it went like, jealousy and comparison are the thieves of joy. Once you get jealous and start comparing yourself to other people, it's going to steal your joy. And social media is an easy way to get caught up in that. Very, very easy. I've even found myself getting caught up in it. Where you go on somebody's page and you're like, oh, they travel all the time. Or they're very successful. Their podcast is popping. Their life is just popping. I mean, everything's just great. And then you start looking and you're like, damn, I want that. Or how come I'm not at their level. You know, when I started off learning how to podcast and creating a podcast, I would look at people who have very popular podcasts and I'd be like, damn, I wish I was at their level. That seems fantastic. But I didn't take into account the work that they put in, the time that they spent, the investments that they made physically, mentally, financially, everything that they've done to get to the point that they did. I didn't take that into account. I just saw the end result and I'm like, damn, that's what I want. And this quote sums up exactly what I was feeling. That comparison started off and then I became jealous and that stole my joy. And it's not a good thing. So socially, I had to check myself. I had to look at it like, why the hell am I looking at all these people on Facebook and shit? I can do the same motherfucking thing and pretend like I have something if that's what they're doing. If that's not what they're doing, then good for them. But I got to look at myself. Stop comparing yourself to other people. Other people are other people for a reason. If we were meant to compare ourselves with each other, I feel like we would all be tied to the exact same entity and be a part of the exact same skin. That's what I think. So then there's spiritual wellness. Now, spiritual wellness can be expressed in a multitude of ways. So... I am not a religious individual. I do not subscribe to a religion and I don't, you know, go to church or anything like that. That's just not me. I am, however, a more of a spiritual person. So I kind of just look at what am I putting out in the world? What is the things that I am distributing and are they affecting people in a negative way or a positive way? Am I hurting people throughout my life or am I not? I mean, it's something that I just look at myself like, okay, what am I putting out and what am I taking in? How is this affecting me? Now, that can also deal with your coping mechanisms. What do you do to cope with stress and all those things? Also, maybe you're searching for the meaning of life. And that could be another spiritual journey. As What's the meaning of life? What's the meaning of my life? I mean, that's a hugely spiritual journey. I can't even say it could be. To me, that is very spiritual to think about. And then... Also, along with your meaning, what is your purpose? You know, 
One thing that I do believe is two of the greatest moments in your life are one, the day you were born, and two, the day you find out why you were born. And I do feel we all have some kind of purpose in this world. You know, it's not the same as the destiny, but as your purpose is, what is it that you contribute to the universe? And the day you find that out, I think it's a beautiful thing. I haven't found it yet, but I can't wait. Now, when it does come to spiritual wellness, and I incorporate mental health into that, I want to go back to our quote about the stigma of mental health. One stigma that I have noticed is the church. The black church is is and was a stigma for me when it came to my mental health and my spiritual health. I say that because first I'll use the experience of me coming out and being gay. There were people in my immediate circle who would say to me, okay, you need to go pray that away. We're going to take you to a counselor and the counselor we're going to is not going to say that being gay is okay. The counselor that we're going to has to be a Christian and has to inject religion to what we're talking about. That made a stigma to me because at that point in time in my life, all I had learned is that Well, the church says I'm going to burn in hell for who I am. The church is saying that God is going to sentence me to an eternity of torture and pain for loving another individual. I don't like that. So that became a stigma for me. So then I hid who I was. I didn't talk about it anymore. Instead of saying I was gay, I was just like, oh, it's just a phase. I was bisexual for a little bit, but I like girls now. Complete lie. Huge lie. (laughs) But... It's something that's different. And part of it, and I'll bring up a different situation that really did affect me, was when I did tell people that I was going to therapy. And the response was, not from everybody, but from a majority of people, that at the time when I was still in church, They would say to me, well, why are you wasting your time going to therapy? Just turn it over to a higher power. Go and pray. Pray about the issue. God will take care of it. Or this is a sign to you from a higher power, this feeling that you're feeling. You just need to bear it because God won't put more on you than you can bear. So you don't need to go to therapy. God is just testing you. You need to pray and deal with it. I didn't understand why I was getting that response when I was trying to tell people, hey, this has really helped me out. And because I wasn't going to a Christian-based therapist, a lot of people didn't support my decision for going to therapy. Now, that is not a majority. I'm not going to say it that way of people that I know. And it's not people in my family, as far as my immediate family. It's not them. But it is just something that I received when I did start talking about it. So, it's definitely a factor, but I do feel that once you encompass all of these things, your spiritual wellness, your social wellness, your physical wellness, your occupational wellness, your intellectual wellness, your environmental wellness, your financial wellness, and your emotional wellness, and I want to tag all those again because it's a full circle thing when it comes to wellness and mental health plays a huge factor in it. It 
really, really does. Because, I mean, we've all heard the term before. If you haven't, I'm going to paraphrase it for you. The fish rots from the head. That is where the rot starts at. So if your head's not right, you may not be able to keep the rest of you well. It's just something to think about. Um, So that is a breakdown of just things that I feel are important when it comes to your health and wellness. And just be careful. There are things out there that are fakes and scams when it comes to health and wellness. And you want to do your research. Um, Some of the things that I've heard and seen out there, you know, it's in the news lately. Companies like Goop, where they have products that claim to do things that they really don't. Um, Then I've also seen a lot of things out there where people are promoting health and wellness products, but maybe it's something that they have never tried or they're just promoting it because it, you know, it adds to their bank and maybe they don't know that it doesn't work. It's not their fault and I can't knock them for doing their job to get their money, but just be careful. Just be careful because as we know, companies out there will market multiple things and the marketing looks great. It makes you want to trust it but you can't trust everything. So now I want to go into our section of the podcast, which now I officially have a title for when you guys do submit something to the show or you ask questions or you want me to read something or give a topic on something. I'm going to call this the listener's lifestyle section because this is coming from you. So in the listener's lifestyle section for today, I've got two people who contributed um, towards the health and wellness topic that I do want to talk about. The first person was Gina. And Gina, thank you for writing. And she said that respect the power of sleep. We need it as a restorative. And when you don't get enough, bad things happen. Willing to be alone with yourself. Many people don't know how to be alone with themselves. And they can't hear that internal voice saying, stop, let's think about this. The willingness to eat clean, healthy food as a part of your mental health is an issue. Collectively, we all have to dial down on how much sugar we take into our bodies. So Gina responded to a question that I asked about on, you know, on social media about what do you do for your wellness or what do you know about health and wellness that you want to share with other people? And these are great points to share. Sleep is huge. I'll go back to balance. If I don't get the proper amount of sleep for me, I am just thrown off the entire day, the entire month, the entire year, the entire lifetime. I am just gone if I don't get the proper amount of sleep. Now, I know that there's a set amount of hours that people say like eight hours, nine hours, whatever. For me, I need a good 10 hours of sleep. Let me get a couple of 10 hours and somewhere throughout the week and I'm good. Some days I maybe only get like six hours of sleep, but it works for me to balance it out that way. Um, being aware of what you're eating is huge. Just like I talked about with putting things in your body. So, I like to try to eat as healthy as I can. But then, of course, there's the times where I just order some McDonald's or whatever's on Grubhub at the time, and it may not be the most healthy thing. That's okay. A part of health and wellness, when it comes to what you're eating, a lot of people now, you know, you'll see it. 
oh, it's my cheat day. This is my cheat day. It's a cheat day. How about we change the terminology? Let's not call it a cheat day. Because I feel a cheat day, the word cheat gives it a negative connotation. Let's say it's your reward day. You know, you followed your meal plan throughout the week or the month or however long you followed your meal plan. Because you followed that meal plan, and now you have a day where it's like, okay, I'm going to have something else. Make it your reward. You know, one of my things that I love to eat, I love Chinese food in particular, crab rangoons, fried chicken, and shrimp fried rice. All of those things are fried in oil. They are not healthy, clogging up my arteries. I will not eat that every day, even though I used to in the past. (laughs) And now as a part of my reward day, those are my rewards. So once a month, I will order some Chinese food and I'll get exactly that and enjoy it. That is my reward to myself. So thank you for contributing this. Gina, this is great. Another uh, listener who wrote in is Ren. And I'm making up Ren's name because Ren, I don't know if you want to be anonymous. So I'm going to call you Ren. Now, Ren wrote in and she said, I'm not black, but mental wellness for me involves meditation, a gratitude journal, and trying to do something nice for someone daily. Now, to give you context with what I did post on social media, if you did not get a chance to see it, I did ask in particular what people who are black do. But then, of course, you know, I have listeners who are not black as well. And you guys are more than welcome to be here. So thank you, Ren, for contributing that. I just want there to be some context on why her first statement was I'm not black. <laughs> but what she said is hugely important. Um, meditation helps me out throughout my life a lot. And you can simply meditate when you're going to the bathroom. You can meditate in your bed. You can meditate while you're on a walk. Meditation is just a moment to be alone with your mind, clear your mind, and do something to get that balance back mentally. It's a great tool. It's a great tactic. Um, ASMR, if you're into it, it's a great meditative tool and technique. Um, If you're not into ASMR, because I know a lot of people are not, sometimes just shutting out everything. Turning off the cell phone, turn off all electronics. I'll do it. I'll turn everything off. Sit on the floor of my living room and just open the windows so I can smell the air, hear the rain if it's raining, or just get doused in sunlight. It's it's such a revitalizing moment in my life. So thank you, Ren, for writing in. Thank you, Gina, for writing in. I appreciate it. Um, so we're gonna get close to wrapping up the show here. Um, but you know, like always, I thank you guys for listening. Again, this is not possible without you. You are helping making my dream come true. So I truly appreciate it. And you're doing that just by listening just by being here. Shit, you're doing it by just being alive. I love it. So if you do want to contribute to the show, you want to reach out, feel free to contact me on the social medias at AJ Vandertunt. That's A-J-A-Y-V-A-N-D-E-R-T-U-N-T. You can also get me on Vero. I'm just Andrew Shepard. 
And then if you want to write directly to me via email, send it over to lifestylegbb at gmail.com. Again, that's lifestyle, G is in George, B is in boy, B is in boy at gmail.com. And of course, like always, I will keep you anonymous if you would like to stay anonymous. I would love to have you guys a part of the show and be a part of the listener's lifestyle section. So I thank you if you decide to write in. I thank you if you don't write in. Either way, it's still all love. So we're going to get out of here. Let's end with a quote of the day. Um, This will be the ending quote of the day. This quote is going to be coming from Tay Yu. And what Tay said is, together we have the power to inspire, connect, and deliver on new opportunities and rich experiences that can open doors to innovation and progress while growing global economies and increasing well-being. Just let that sit with you. Thank you guys. Have a fantastic weekend.